Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. One billion people, fifteen percent of world's population, world's largest minority. They are underserved. They are disheartened. We had to do something because no one deserves to be alone, and this is what is written on the about us section of Inclove. In today, I have Kalyani Khona with us on audio again. Kalyani works at the intersection of behavior, design, technology to build products. Currently, she is helping with product strategy for an early age startup in the fintech space. But today, we are here to discuss a case study of her own startup, Inclove. Kalyani is, uh, or should I say? Was the co-founder of Inclove, the world's first matchmaking app for people with disability and health disorders to find love. The app matches people on the basis of cure availability, medical condition, level of independence, lifestyle choices, and many more. I was curious to know many aspects of this project, including the UI. And here uh, she is with us today. Uh, there are also some really good TEDx and Inc talks, uh, which I'm going to add in the show notes below. So thank you, Kalyani, for giving your time, and and it's a real, real honor to have you on audio again. Thanks, Kedar. Likewise. Yeah. If you can give like a basic context of uh, what what's the status with Incloud today and your association, if that, we'll start there and then we'll go into more deeper questions. Sure. Uh. So yeah, this is like uh like I was we were talking a little earlier that it's been a year that Inclubs closed. We had to shut it down, unfortunately, and uh, this is after a year that I'm going on record to talk about my experiences. So I'm really looking forward to it because a lot of it is nostalgia and a lot of it is actually something I'd leave as as notes and legacy. Uh, because I never really wrote about what what really went through the whole story, but it's it's a story of six years and there's like massive learning, massive level of experiments that went right wrong. Uh, some reached the global stage, like we gave a keynote at United Nations about this uh, as as an Indian project that is innovative uh, and and you know could be implemented by a lot of other developed and developing nations. So yeah, I'm really uh, kind of looking forward to it, but to Answer your question. We had to close down in club last years around same time. Hmm. Um. So yeah, if you can start by saying so, what is Inclove and why did you start it? So Inclove actually stands for inclusive love. Uh, if you combine these two, uh, topics, then or or these two topics, and I'll come to why I'm saying these two topics. But like the intersection of inclusion and love was what. Was the core idea behind it, and there are like, a, as per United Nations, are like eighty million people in India, and this was like ten years back. Like that's the earliest report I could get on an Indian number from cited by a global organization. So right now you could easily count that as another hundred million people with disability living in India. Um, and you know the the only reason i feel it's much easier to explain this problem today is because we're all confined to our homes and we hate that like we're not a, we're not in we don't have a choice to be able to do what we want to right now uh, because of a of a amoeba atom that's kind of paralyzed the whole world think of it in a similar analogy that there are 
100 million people in India who not just because of COVID, but otherwise genetic or uh, medical condition go through this same confinement, but across their lifetime. So you and I have been confined for, let's say, four to five months now. But think of this 100 million people uh, confined to their to their homes or to their whatever space they are right now in for lifetime without much physical or external uh, kind of interaction with the rest of the world. And that's the exact problem statement that I started out with in 2014. A few much earlier of our time, I, later, I, I got to realize this only much later. But uh, back then, even, even like the top five internet companies of the world weren't looking at disability or accessible technology in the same way that probably some of them do now. Um, and and so that's one side, which is like like physical space is not being accessible. But the same story carried forward on the internet as well. So internet as a network is actually made for uh, for people who are highly functional human beings, like for people whose all five senses and hands and legs are are mobile. But that's not the case with all of us, right? Like most of us, um, uh, and it could be because of age or medical condition again. Uh, that we don't find the all five senses in in same coordination all the time. Uh, for that particular group, physical was a, of course a no option. But even the internet was highly unsuitable, so they lived with this one plus four network I call, which is one plus their four family members or one of one of the friends, and th- that's their world. So, so the the fundamental question was, how do you expand their world? And it's not really about just matchmaking or marriage or dating. But how do you bring more people into their lives that overall just brings more experiences uh, and experiences, of course, then leads to many things and and marriage or dating could be one of that. Uh, So then and like you very like rightly said, it was actually a project that I took up after my college thinking something interesting may come out of it. It was just mostly answering to my curiosity. And and then I realized, hey, that that is actually a very big problem statement because when I set out, I, I got people from all parts of the world, not just India, reaching out to me and saying, this is, pro- this is something we resonate with and there is nothing that is actually solving it. So, so back in 2014, I just put this page on the internet saying a solution like this should exist. It, can, it, it was called Project Lovability at that time, like ability to love. Uh, and so I just put that and I put like $10,000 as, as my target. And I said, if I reach $10,000, I'll just make this app. You know, this app can really just help people. So um, I went ahead with that and I, and I just put the page. And within like 15 to 20 days, I reached $10,000. And it sunk upon me that I'm supposed to now actually put this to life. Uh, this yeah. all... With, with, we're talking about times when crowdfunding was not mainstream. We're talking about time when dating apps were not mainstream. This is 2013, 14, uh, almost like seven years, eight years back. So, mm-hmm. so, so then I did that, and uh, and then you know one thing led to another. We uh, we built this app. We got our first five thousand users very very easily. And in fact, like the day we launched, within ten days of of the launch. A couple met and they decided to get married. So we felt like this is early success. And, you know, everything was right in terms of MVP, product market fit, uh, the, the traditional ways of like how we think of product roadmap. Everything 
felt right, went well. We were actually making this piece of technology that if we go right with, it would be the core infra and you could build so many services on top of it. So we were like, hey, we are solving the problem of matchmaking, but we also want to make this technology accessible to as many other services who want to build on top of it. I was just 21 back then. So with whatever limited knowledge, me and my co-founder, I had a co-founder, Shankar, uh, with whatever limited knowledge both of us could put together, we kind of went ahead. The app went live. People started getting married. And that's, I would call that as the phase one of Inclove, where we felt like here's the hypothesis and got validated. And uh, a year and a half from there, we raised some funds as well. We, we had some amazing investors, like this so amazing, but uh, they supported us from Google, Intel, you name it. And, and so we reached the second phase and some people called us and said, hey, you've created this app, but we're not able to meet in person. Like, you know, uh, every place we go to has, uh, has, is inaccessible. And if four people have to lift me on my wheelchair and put me in a cafe, I've already lost the battle to impress her. And, you know, this is not going to work out because she thinks now that I always need people to, uh, you know, like get me from one place to another. So I said, oh, oh yeah, that that's a very genuine problem statement. And so we kind of did a lot of things on, on the experimentation side. But the one that went right is to convert these spaces that are already on uh, already either accessible or would benefit from being accessible first. So instead of going to to every public space and saying, hey, why are there no ramps here, which is also the bottom to top approach, we said five-star hotels and a lot of cafes by the by the premiumness that they have have to be inclusive to be able to be a brand that that resonates with everyone uh so let's make those things accessible or let's let's talk to their founders and so then we were able to get the lalit group which is kitty su one of like the top 100 in in the world that that recounts by the dj mag and then we got the lemon tree there were there were a lot of cafes also uh uh, they, the, I forgot this uh, imperfecto. We we had like we had like a set of ten to fifteen uh, spaces we could identify pan India like those that if we cracked could be available in every city for us. And we started hosting meetups there. This the meetups are called social spaces. They were quite ahead. I think there were people who thought social spaces is the company. And Inclove is something that is distinctively different from it. Uh, but like, so that happened. And I think that was the moment that happened where everyone who either got married through us or met somebody through us said, we want to host a social space for you in Ahmedabad, in Udaipur, in in Sultanpur. You know, like it, it just, it just amplified. So uh, that's, I know the introduction went for a little long, that's like what I'm talking about as as what Inclove stands as stood for uh, in in my mind it still stands for is is trying to do something different for people who are very different from you and me who live very differently and in a time where all of this was not actually an expectation. Wow, wow, it's very very inspiring. <laughs> uh, so I've, what I've done is I've uh, like broken down the conversation into two sections. One is sort of a product product understanding or product strategy to the overall app or project or the, the digital manifested version of it. And then the second is the design aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So in, in product, uh, what I would say is that, so in AudioGAN's 130th episode, uh, I met Upasana uh, Makati, 
So she is a founder of White Print, which is also like India's first English lifestyle magazine yeah. in Braille. Yeah. Uh, so for visually impaired. And in our conversation, uh, I asked her that why lifestyle. I mean, like, and 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 to which uh, she had a very nice answer that why can't these people have just fun while reading? Why, especially these uh, visually impaired, generally get texts or something which is educational in nature. They won't have like a poem or a joke or I don't know. Like, there is no fun angle to their reading experience. So that's why she consciously took this effort of uh, making it a lifestyle sort of a magazine. So on same lines. Uh, there are like many problems and the one which we started that calling them disabled is like the least of a problem, but there are many. So why did you think matchmaking uh, you picked up as a, as a problem and not say support in any other way? Yeah. Uh, so two, two sides of answers for this one that, like I said, there were many problems, but the easier one to create a moat out of where you can mobilize a community that you can then build services for was matchmaking. But like, I'll give you a more back then a 22 year old thinking on why matchmaking. Like, so, so what I did know back then was that if there is this one person and then there's this other person, then let's say there are these hundred people, a network of hundred people. Does Kalyani want to go and empower or help each one of them individually? Or is it easier that Kalyani just connects A to B because both of them have had similar journeys, like-minded people live in the vicinity of each other, uh, probably went to, let's say, for hypothetical reasons, same school, who help each other. And so if you couple these uh, two, two people uh, who you think would connect, they all, you know, help each other's lives or lifestyles and 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 you know kind of bring about change so back then like seven years ago i personally felt that if you help someone find the person they get along with then you're not just doing change that requires a day or kalyani is not just giving talk on the stage but she's actually making sure in club's presence goes to each household which actually has happened because when you combine these two people every morning they're waking up they're knowing that uh they are together or they are helping each other or things are very blissful in their lives right now uh compared to how they were when they were surviving alone is probably because of this thing called in club that brought them together so so the simple answer is scalability on on bringing uh on bringing change was much tough uh, much easier here compared to other projects where if I was into employment or any other space and really amazing NGOs exist in that space nobody was looking at matchmaking but otherwise as well if I were to do this on one-to-one basis it would take me much longer to solve a a problem versus connecting two people and letting them solve each other's problems together or probably they have the same problem so it makes sense that they all collaborate on it together so so like mobilizing on the collective power uh, or empathy of like-minded people was a much better strategy for me than for somebody like me who has uh, not witnessed their problem actually even in their physical space or otherwise telling them what to do about their lives. Hmm, interesting. And also I'm sure uh, at 21, 22, you, you wouldn't really venture into like an operational heavy kind of a project. It's more like a experiment which uh, which you can at least get insights about that 
domain yeah actually uh, you know now i think about what is operationally heavy and not back then when i was just a bcom graduate out from my financial uh, markets course i didn't know what is operationally heavy and not like you know <laughs> oyo is operationally heavy today when the guy started out probably didn't think of it that way so i i honestly didn't think of it that way uh, but yes for me if there were x resources and a two people team what is it that can bring the maximum impact impact on ground so back then we see funding and all of that was not as accessible as it is today uh, which is why i always had to see and i always see what my constraints are and then with the change that i want to bring or impact i want to bring what could my options look like and it's more lateral thinking for me than going linear one after another to solve it and uh, with all of the constraints i had and with the problem in hand i felt like uh irrespective of the operation side because social spaces was technically very operationally heavy to be able to go to each fly to each city host a meet up make the venue accessible ramps all of that but but like looked like an easier thing to do uh with the constraints i had compared to any other services sure sure cool uh moving on to the next one is uh i mean the the moment i stumbled upon this project and i shared with uh, my team members at book my show like one of the designers said uh, why why do we want like a uh, different app okay why can't the existing app happen but the connotation or the the background was more really uh, about the people and not really the the uh, accessibility or the ui part of it it was more like why can't these people generally be on these apps as well like maybe tinder or bumble so what i read is that I, there is still a lot of i don't know stigma maybe about these people or uh calling them uh different or so so what i want to ask you is that what were the like challenges uh, that you faced internal and external while making this uh, special app for these special people i mean uh, was it onboarding these people was it uh make giving them confidence of their data will be secure any any insights there yeah uh by the way just like fyi like the reason stands for inclusive love is we had almost 20 25% of our user base 25% of 50000 people that we had who did not have disability and last three marriages that i attended before in club shut down uh one of the partner did not have disability and the other one did obviously so so uh it really was uh, and and I'd come to that logic as well but it was really an inclusive platform where we're saying it's designed to also bring people with disability but hey you as kedar could also come to a meet up and i as kalyani could be uh i i know a few of my friends who just came to volunteer for the meet up and ended up finding someone for themselves so so uh So that was one, but I'll tell you like a more specific answer on on why can't they just be on any other app? We did a social experiment where we got few of my uh, very close ones that I know with disability that I had found through crowdfunding campaign, and I told them, "Can you please be on these one?" Of, I gave one dating app to each of them. and said could you just see how this experience is for you uh we also had some of them blog about that experience uh, those that now have married through in club but back then we asked them to blog about their experiences and it was either like 
uh, you know they they had a chat with somebody let's say on a dating app and I don't name them but uh, the the person on the other side did not know that this person is blind so or, or visually challenged uh, so this person just went along and when they actually met uh you know this guy asked him why didn't you tell me you're blind who wants to be with a blind person and just left right the date but this person on the other side didn't know what the protocol is was this person supposed to say he or she is blind on the chat or were they are supposed to meet and he was supposed to know because this person said just like that guy may have a heart disease that he's not mentioned on the chat i may have some other disease that i don't feel like mentioning on the chat so when we met i'd kept this for then so these protocols of how you're supposed to actually talk to your counterpart and the sensitivity which was mostly missing on the other side where people were fully able and and thought it was like a big deal to to you know have a physical challenge uh, brought to the table and the second side was when when on an average i uh, or i had a counterpart with some disability we ran this uh, dating app challenge where both of us were on the same phone and she'd put her profile picture as somebody on the wheelchair the kind of reactions and questions she was asked versus i was asked uh, or the way our both our chats went hers would mostly end in oh it was great talking to you but i don't see a future here i want to meet right and that's not because she was she was bad or she was any different on 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 the compatibility level they all just first wanted to match and get to know the curiosity of how she's uh, physically uh, challenged and then beyond that there was just more sympathy and and they would bounce off so these series of exper- experiences and experiments that we did and including i went to like these uh, you know matrimonial portals and one of the newspapers actually covered that i went to their office and they said oh we have so many profiles we we really don't have time to get this niche so these technologies or these portals were not designed uh, to encompass the vulnerabilities of people with disability a but also b the way they were designed one they didn't allow for that communication exchange of the disability or the person's full um you know full status uh, through this and and lastly like parents who called from these matrimonial portals to a person who's blind or on wheelchair would end up being like beta bahut bura hua tumhare saath shayad tumhare ghar kharab hai and they would just keep the phone right so that the way that they were treated on a public platform was much different than the way they were treated on in club and much later i realized it's because in club being highly curated as a community that is so empathetic they they found this to be a safe space to be able to actually go out and be themselves and explore uh their sexuality explore their dating experiences fully compared to on other platforms where they constantly felt judged so it was just a function of design information and the kind of actual inclusion we brought that other portals in spite of being inclusive couldn't bring is i think what led to that 50000 people that got together and and whatever success we saw was because of these three things wow wow <laughs> it's it's uh, sometimes sad to know the state of things and it's also very inspiring to know that what you tried to i mean i remember like uh, one interview with ashwini deshpande she said that the stairs uh, by which we came up is hmm. designed for like a maybe a 6 foot white male that's hmm. all the the stairs are designed for yeah. and um, yeah i mean it, it's that inaccessible in our country especially yeah that's right so, and which is why i think it clicked yeah yeah 
I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Is it lack of empathy? Because like Shadi.com or Bharat Matrimony or these, any, any of these big websites, they still don't have this sort of a section. Is it? Uh, no, I mean, they do. They do. Uh, I was surprised. Back, back then. Back then it wasn't. No, back then as well, it was. It was just a tick. Like if you're having any disability out of the 350 disabilities that you have, physical, mental, intellectual, whatever disability you have, you're just supposed to tick box. I am physically challenged and I am not, which is so limited and which is the part you brought, right, when you introduced that our application would ask what your intention is to be on this app, which could be friendship, dating, marriage. Uh, and then it would also ask what your disability is, does that make sure you're independent or not? Does it have a cure? Does it not? How does this impact your office or your work life? Does it not? All of that actually gives a person on the other side very strong visibility of whether this would be a good fit or not. Which the other websites then just by putting like a tick box is like on whether I'm disabled or not was like mere tokenism according to me. Uh, which so which is I'm saying I went to their like offices and I spoke to people back then and I asked them why. You know, they weren't doing anything more about it. And the standard response was that it wasn't required. Like, you have so much to do and we have million plus profiles. It was not a problem big enough for them. And, and do you have any insight on uh, when you when you go to apply to these uh, international places, uh, like, I don't know, maybe into it and like any any big corporations where you apply, mm-hmm. uh, there's a form which uh, in the end, it obviously with gender and nationality and race and ethnicity mm-hmm. they also have a drop down which is um, are you disabled i am i'm not disabled and i don't wish to disclose mm. there are just these three options yeah so any any insight as to why does the third option exist i don't wish to disclose oh it's because you need to give them a choice it's a very personal information that most people uh, feel either will lead to biasness, like how you have racism. You also, if you're disabled, most people unfortunately relate it with lower productivity at workspace or may not choose or end up hiring that CV. The second side is that uh, a lot of people with a lot of self-respect, I know, said we don't want to be a part of that quota, uh, that 1% hiring quota for people with disability that you're supposed to follow as a corporation. So they mentioned uh, they did, do not wish to specify to make sure that they get selected on merit and not otherwise. Uh, it has both the sides of stories. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason I know employers ask this is one, of course, they have the 1% or whatever now it's changed, but that quota. But the second is they want to make sure, and, and I really uh, respect that, they want to make sure their physical as well as internet ex- infrastructure can actually accommodate for that disability. So I know of, of corporations who just hired cognitive people with cognitive disabilities, not or cerebral palsy, not fully realizing the kind of ecosystem they require to work and then ended up like letting them go, which was bad for both the corporation as well as the person with disability, just because the, the infrastructure was not capable enough to support this col- collaboration. Bad, yeah. yeah and and mm-hmm. actually this norm that you know we're an equal opportunities provider is like last two to three years but before that that didn't exist which is why i said we were a little early in time much early in time <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i want to uh this part one of the conversation i want to conclude with a more abstract question but just uh to continue the earlier one 
like any any particular big challenges that you faced uh, while building this product i mean one that you mentioned about you reaching out to these matrimony sites and figuring out the state of things the way they are but how did you like counter those in in the app which you were building because i'm curious to know uh, and also in the talk you said that it was all manually tagged so if you can just share those insights somewhere oh this talk was i think 2015 after which we went algorithms and data uh but it, so do you want me to talk about challenges because my cha- biggest challenge and that led to the failure as well eventually or whatever you call it like was the discovery of audience actually and not the design and design could have be it was solved it did take lot of more money infrastructure people but like it was a solvable problem compared to the discovery of audience which i still feel is an unsolvable problem okay so if you can tell me that uh, tell me more about that yeah so the problem that we faced that led to this hard reality that this cannot be scaled uh, digitally as quick as, as we'd want to uh, was that um, you know until the until 2014 15 16 uh facebook let you discover audiences based on like they were able to identify if somebody had disability and they would show your ads to them and and so on and so forth so it was easier to reach them uh google ads never worked for us beyond a certain demand and i tell you why most people who are with disability don't look for matchmaking as an option like what we had to do was primarily drive the awareness that you could find someone and once they believed that they could find someone only then they would really install that so in that lieu like intent based uh you know matching may google never worked so facebook was our only option to actually scale this digitally back then so we we for 3 years or 2 years we ran like 300 400 experiments which helped us discover this this particular and the cag was still very very high but we still figured like this is the formula that works what happened in 2017 around 2017 end is uh, this whole cambridge analytica blew up and and one after another uh, like these instances came up and and facebook said you could no longer either ask someone about their disability or market it so we would we would not have that algorithm at all in place which meant now of course from whatever anywhere our cag was like 150 200 it already like shot up it was more blanket you just like throw the blanket to 100 people and hope that five of them would have a disability or would require your app because of certain decisions that they made uh so we so that was one set and the second set was these meetups and and discovering was purely based on who attended the meetup would hopefully know another person or two with disability which was actually not the case so so in india if you have disability uh you would beyond beyond one or two you would uh, and unless you went to the tra- same training center or your part of the same ngo you would not know a lot of people with disability so kedar if you are a design uh lead you would know people in design otherwise like you'd have a community of designers to reach out to if you if you wanted to like promote dribble or something that you found really cool right we mm-hmm. don't have that so if and i if for example pile has a, a disability and she loves the app and she found someone even if she posted on social media and put a banner on her wedding uh stage people even after all of that she would still be able to reach only two more people with disability who would like that or who would be interested in something like that so you have to first make sure they have a disability they found someone 
if they have a disability and they're not already married then you want to make sure they have a smartphone uh, we have sufficient profiles in their radius to be able to kind of show them and then also that they have the intent of finding someone when all these permutation combinations match then you also have to make sure that they are uh, they're, they're able to strike a conversation which which means their disabilities uh, kind of so if i am hearing impaired and you're blind we can never talk in physical space uh, for very similar reasons like yeah, you i'm using sign language and you can't see my hands so so all these permutation combinations and they're like 17 18 of them at some cases that have to go right for me to be able to actually enjoy the success or virality of your success uh, which was which was disastrous in my view for us uh, so expensive cag for somebody who lived with like uh, a crore of funding that's it and and 7 years and then uh, facebook banning advertisements all of one thing after another the mountain kept falling falling off till till the point we realized discovery of audience has to be now only ngo driven that's it and ngos also are highly fragmented so each ngo would go to uh, you have to a have a top down approach once you have a top down approach and are actually able to bring sufficient trust in the stakeholders mind uh, you still get a database of 25 people for example after doing all of that Wow, what a journey it must have been! I can hardly imagine. Yeah, and <laughs> everything we've gone to classrooms in National Association of Blind. We've given classes. We've we've told them how this works. But in the end, it came to sure this is great, and I'd love to find someone, and I know how this works. But I don't have a house of my own. I live in a hostel, and I'm never going to be employed. How do I find someone? So, like I said, the permutation combinations went. for perpetuity for me to never be able to enjoy the virality of somebody actually meeting telling someone i got married and then 25 people came along which which i think the other matrimonial websites and dating apps including tinder bumble even enjoys if i met someone on tinder five of my friends can use tinder to meet someone now so yeah that's the hard reality <laughs> that at 21 i didn't know about like i wish i thought about all these things back then and and i think it would have I would have solved for this first before venturing or putting any other money anywhere else. Yeah, so it's it's a very interesting. I mean, it would be very interesting to know that, like, how has your definition of equality has changed? I mean, we'll conclude this particular section uh, with this uh, more abstract question of, like, yeah, I mean, in in last eight, ten years, or maybe twenty, thirty years, uh, how has your definition of inequality or uh, equality has changed? yeah that is an abstract one but and i have one contrarian standard to test well by for me it's very simple equality is that you have the choice to be able to do something even if it means choice to want to live unequally that's still a choice but it's just it just simply put it's like a choice to be able to do something that everyone else gets to do is equality for me but a contrarian view that was very eye opening uh and i don't know if it still stands but back in the day was that most people think of inequality uh i'm trying to frame this right think of inequality as something that has to prevail like a food pyramid in this ecosystem i forgot whether i read this or somebody told me this about you know uh yeah like yeah the whole thing ke 
अगर राजा का बेटा राजा नहीं बनेगा तो क्या करेगा फाइंस या और राजा का बेटा राजा नहीं बनेगा यू नो देन देन हुड और हु इज इवन केपेबल ऑफ राइट एंड आई फिगर दैट मोस्ट ऑफ इट थिंक दैट वे बिकॉज आई वेंट टू अटेंड अ वेडिंग इन क्लब वेडिंग एंड आई डू रिमेंबर दैट इट वॉज ऑलमोस्ट वेन दिस काज फ्रॉम अ वेरी गुड बैकग्राउंड ही ऑलमोस्ट हैड द सेंस ऑफ एंटाइटलमेंट of finding a bride even when he had a disability and the bride didn't i don't know i ha- i i'm not able to like my neural links are not connecting right now on i'm being able to articulate this to you like how it's in my brain but most people <laughs> what i'm trying to tell you is most people think that this is a good uh, this is fine to have in our society and h- hence you know it's it's a much tougher thing to fight wow really most people say they they the most people say they don't like inequality but like i feel their actions are very different even here i live in bandra even here like most very educated people say they want equality but they treat their house help in a very very different manner and which which is what i'm trying to tell you that this has to persist for them to be able to be entitled to what they are yeah 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 I mean, even I was having a chat with one of the friends. I think maybe couple of months ago, and what we figure out is that we actually pay about less than one percent of our salaries to our house help. I mean, and still we are talking about equality. And uh, I mean, that's that's at least the state in which uh, I am doing right now. And it it puts me in a question to say that is it fair? Is it fair? I mean. it is actually the entire nexus is designed to keep the people lower in the pyramid make sure that they still yeah. are they still they, they they continue and they enjoy and they feel blessed if someone above them picks them up i mean the entire thing is staged yaar yeah, right? it feels very yeah. weird to think on those lines yeah <laughs> anyway so that will digress uh, moving on to the design part of it i have just couple of questions sure. uh, that uh, was there any conscious effort or decisions you made to keep the app also accessible any any insights or any nuances yeah, a lot um so retrospective accessibility is very complicated um like twitter tried it for a, for a really long time so they were they were really inaccessible when they launched um but then they now you if you see you can put image description to your images and so on so they've tried they have a a separate vertical uh called accessible twitter or something to make twitter accessible as an interface but it's very tough because all your code is already written probably not labeled for the voice over to be able to read it uh, which we didn't want so we started labeling everything right from our buttons everything actually to the extent that if you didn't want to see the visual uh and you'd get it because you're 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 hosting this podcast if you didn't want to read the visual uh you could just put your voice over on google talkback on and the app would read you in a way that you've hit home this is raj's profile he's 61 he lives in kanpur he has this disability tap to add him and then you add him and then the chat would start whatever so we'd make sure that if you were not using this app visually you could still listen to the whole app so on so forth so different other disability that was tested you could use this app in multiple ways if your wish if you don't want to use one senses or the other uh 
the only feature we did not have for a really long time and and if we had existed longer we would have had is the in call feature but most people had whatsapp calls by then and they could have shared their phone number but otherwise except the hearing part we we made sure retrospectively everything was tested for voice over first every including our website it had to be accessible uh colors had to be selected by by a certain means that we made sure that you know our first website actually was much more accessible very ironically than our last website our first one also <laughs> had the black and white contrast everything basically for any kind of person to be able to use it uh, as seamlessly irrespective of their physical challenges so uh so yeah but the core would be that labeling each code that most people forget in a way that make sure that every piece of word is actually audible as well uh was not a thing before alexa and before before voice became a thing which is like hardly 3 years back mhm interesting and and um, i think i recently i stumbled upon a website called bookmybuy.com I don't know. It's a book my show report, <laughs> but yeah, book my buy and and uh, same. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just actually made this joke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in that uh, when you start entering your details and the request which you have, uh, it's quite extensive. That um, I mean, it it all it they go as granular as saying that okay, is the person whom who's going to come as a house help? Uh, do you need sort of a like are there older people in the house like how old they are hmm. do you do you need person who can change their diaper hmm. i mean that granular level details hmm. and i don't think so that al- although they are capturing everything but uh, how algorithmically these matches are made is is something which i have questioned but uh, in in your case you've also mentioned that you matched people manually on medical condition or uh, lifestyle choices or cure availability Hmm. So if you can just give that like some insights about that what what was it about Yeah so initially it was manual after like 3 or 4 years of this just No even in manual even in manual how did that happen I am So like if you can Yeah okay let's do it with examples it's much easier So if I yeah. if I have uh, a kidney I I had people who didn't have kidneys okay like both of them missing in fact no yeah one of them missing and had to go for transplant uh this person in particular wanted a partner who has um a dna match so that she could give one kidney to him if she, he's if she's open of course it's her choice but that he were able to function much better uh basically uh and so on and so forth like there were people who let's say again i'm taking the same example for the ease of uh, contextual understanding this person had a kidney transplant done wanted to make sure the other partner also came from a similar background so that they could understand each other's lifestyles as they can't take really long 6 hour drive and travel the world and all of those expectations that that usually people would have from their partners so this person had very specific criteria that if you can get me somebody who's also had a kidney transplant I feel this match is more compatible because of our food habits that have to be similar. We we are not allowed to eat a certain items uh, because of our lifestyle, like dialysis and resources. Everything that goes into is much similar. We both have constraints on long term travel, all that. So so you get the point. Similarly, there were yeah, yeah. there were there were people, and I was amazed that in this journey I could also see somebody highly autistic uh, actually also getting married. Uh, this is the first person I had. 
encountered when I started matchmaking physically, like face to face, and then everything moved digital. So her mom's still in touch with me, and uh, she's actually got all the credit, uh, not me. But like I saw somebody with autism get married to somebody who's a teacher, a professor by profession. Uh, that's a very good match because autistic guys are very, very uh, girls, whatever, are very good at research, at patterns, at at certain things that their skill set is, and they're not very good at being social communication. All of that is not their best traits. She found he found someone. uh who's a professor and with hardcore research which means he had a very complimenting abilities and that person also didn't enjoy speaking too much didn't enjoy a, a social lifestyle all of that so so it was a good match and she didn't have to be autistic for that but you have to just look for these traits right that's what i meant when i said matching complimenting abilities and the cure availability part is the transplant part that i was talking about if somebody has no chance of transplant and doesn't have a kidney probably wants to go for somebody also who doesn't have kidneys because they both are mentally prepared one of them may not live very long mm-hmm. so that's what i was talking about when i said like they are cure okay. no, yeah but but how do these match happen i mean they are giving you these details and you are noting them and then you are probably waiting for someone with similar thing and then you are actually going through this database and then matching them in 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 the physical world for 2014 and 2015 uh, year that's how it happened 17 18 we were highly optimized by with the use of technology and algorithms on the back end like they had wow. to input all this data but we were able to feed in this information of if this then that already for most wow. use but that wow. could only happen like 4 years into the journey that's amazing yaar i think uh, i mean this can just go on and on for me uh, it's so so inspiring and so uh, very close to me in in terms of the philosophy of getting to the grassroots level and trying to do something mm-hmm. uh, worthwhile mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah given the time span people have already i think we have uh, yeah, generally yeah. i conclude it in an hour but it's fine uh, who helped you in designing and developing it uh, i mean if you can give like a good shout out to them remembering them after two years one year yeah so uh the so, so the tech side and everything so we didn't have a product manager or a ux consultant or a designer okay for like 6 years so this is one back end guy one ui designer ui front end guy me and shankar so saurabh ravin and shankar are actually the three people on the on the app side that made it to, to together and then on the other side of the physical spaces which is social spaces it was ajit rahul and uh, shankar who made sure that every so its design is not just a digital right for us des- design was much more also the physical space where 100 people were supposed to come together and we had to make sure everything is in a way where they don't uh, touch a, a, a chair or fall off or if they are in a bar and we threw parties in a bar as well that they could keep some they, they could use if they are on wheelchair they could have a space to keep their drinks at an equidistant and not at the bar which is much elevated level example so so design wise physical and tech wise have taken all the names and actually we were very thick and we were a very small team of 10 people who stayed through put end to end like till the last day when the office was dismantled and everything they stayed through so 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 those are those are these guys and yeah i mean i'd always cherish this i i feel so uninspired after that i've never been Yeah, unfortunately, I'm very uninspired after in club closed down. 
there were so many people that i and i'm telling you maybe you edit later but for you like uh where i gave these talks and i got down and they would tell me you're so lucky that you found your purpose and i would wonder what are they talking about right you're like 24 you don't get it but but now i get what they were saying when they said oh you're so lucky to be able to find something that really inspires you So, yeah. I'm not going to edit this. Uh, I think I'll we, we'll just conclude because uh, yeah. there's so much to talk. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, yeah, how to thank you for uh, sharing this uh, all information, and and hopefully uh, this stays in and this helps someone and gets more inspiration to do for these differently abled uh, people. Yeah. All the best in your journey. It was really, really wonderful talking to you, and thanks a lot. Thanks for your time as well, and I hope uh, everyone enjoys this. Yes, yes, definitely. Enjoys this other, I would say, inspires this, uh, and and drives more empathy if possible. Okay, then. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan dot com. Till then, bye.